Welcome to the Nude Attitude, where we shatter the mirrored ceiling, worship our sexy selves, and talk about all things holy. This is a safe place where we will be throwing around confidence like confetti and applauding people flaunting their bodies no matter the size, color, gender, or ability. I'm your host, Madeline Gregg, and we're about to dive into the lady pond or whatever gender you prefer to sink into. So raise your glasses high and cheers to your slut side in this nude revolution. So we're going to start with some icebreakers. Okay. What's your name and what do you prefer to be called? Uh, Lauren. And Lauren is just fine. What are your pronouns? Um, her, she. What's your um, sexual orientation? Uh, bye. What's your favorite position? Uh, I'm probably going to go with doggy, but I mean, they're all usually pretty good. So Does it, does it change if you're with a woman? Um. I'm a giver. I love giving. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, take take what you will from that. Yeah. Um. What's the last porn you watched? Um. Does like my own home videos count? Like, oh yeah, it does. Good for you. <laughs> like. Yeah, I love that. Um. What's the most amount of people you've had sex with at one time? Oh, I'm gonna ballpark at ten because I honestly. Do not know. <laughs> like, and I'm gonna embrace that because <laughs> no, honestly, I just did I just did an interview with somebody else and they like started counting on their fingers. And I'm like, okay, so what is it? And they were like 19. I think they said 19. And I was like, you're the first person to beat my record. So congratulations. So no, I'm all about it. Good job ballparking. It's yeah. it's also sometimes hard to like be like, who touched who? And you know. That. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, depending on the situation you're in, it just kind of turns into, you know, uh, exactly. Yeah. So, I'm sure like if you included like not actual intercourse at one time, but like hands and everything, I don't even know. Right. Like, what do you think your most attractive feature is? Probably my eyes. That's okay. kind of, my, everyone always is like, Oh my gosh, like their eyes, like, there have been a few times that people have called me exotic because of my eyes. <laughs> okay. And at, like, we were, we were in a party and someone actually came up to my husband and we were dating at the time and asked where I was from, because I think they thought that he had like ordered me, like I was a mail order bride or what? something from, yeah. That's nuts. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, like everyone just says they're very like different features. So. Okay. I'll roll uh, with it. What feature do you struggle to love the most? You know, I, it's really difficult for me because I just embrace myself. Like yes. I try to embrace myself with flaws and, and everything. And I mean, I would say probably 
my obliviousness at times. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, okay. I'm such a good natured person. And like, I always assume that everyone has the best of intentions and it's, you know, bitten me in the ass quite a few times. So I would say that's probably, and it's a double-edged sword, but. That's a good answer. Uh, what feature do you notice in someone that you're attracted to first? I would say genuine confidence. Yeah. Like not, not the arrogant, but like the actual, like they are like happy with themselves and know who they are. Yeah. I love that. that. That's like the biggest turn on for me. And you can just tell with someone's like vibe when you meet them, like immediately, you know, or you don't. So. Yeah, I do. And, um, how do you unwind? Uh, so I'm big into sports. So fantasy football right now is like, okay. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's my unwind. So. Okay. That's great. So, um, I asked you to be on, um, the podcast because you are, um, non, you're in a non-monogamy relationship. Yeah. Um, and you also do dabble in BDSM, correct? Correct. Okay. Awesome. So what sparked your interest in non-monogamy? I mean, I've always been very sexually outgoing. Um, I was with a boyfriend in college and he was like very, very wanting to get into the swinging community and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. We'll, we'll go along with it. And um, in our area, they had done, done um, hotel takeover parties. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going like to a hotel takeover and just really got in the lifestyle and he was not in it for the right reasons. And we had a lot of issues oh. with that. And yeah. Yeah. Um, Do but you then, want to kind of explain what those wrong reasons are? Because it's very um, rampant sometimes and like beginner yes. polyamory. Yes. So he wanted to be in the lifestyle so that he could be with other women, mm-hmm. but he did not want me really with anyone else. And if I was in any situation where I was even remotely with someone else, same room, anything like that, something would come up with him and it would be this huge ordeal. And then we like, we'd have to leave or this get out of the situation. Yes. So, so but it was also, he was using non-monogamy as an excuse for only him to play or quote unquote cheat in public. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. So, and it was also a very toxic, uh, borderline abusive relationship. So like, it was not, not a good relationship on top of that. And so. So how long have you been with your current partner? We have been together, gosh, I think eight years now. Okay. So how did you introduce like non-monogamy to them? Because obviously it happened before you're with them. So, yeah. 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 So how do you go into a relationship knowing that you like this type of lifestyle? So plenty of fish is where I actually met my husband. Okay. So it was very obvious. (laughs) I don't even know if that's still a thing anymore. Like, uh, um, so we met on plenty of fish. Um, I was looking obviously just for sex. And he was looking pretty much just for sex. And it was one of those things that we got together and just, I kind of moved in. 
I kind of moved in. I accidentally moved all my stuff. I accidentally moved it. My pussy was just that good. But yeah, okay, great. I I don't know. So so I guess it wasn't it wasn't ever like a conversation that you guys had to have, or was it just what? I was always like very open and upfront about everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know like what stars aligned, but he was into it too. Genuinely into it. Did he have any experience in non-monogamy before you? No, but he was like relationships never worked for him. Like it just didn't, it it didn't click. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how to explain it. Like if I'm doing it justice or... Like generally, I, I hate to say it, but you struggle being monogamous in any relationships if you're just viscerally poly. It it just doesn't work. So did he cheat on his other partners? Yes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I did too. I guess I like, was, did it, they just not understand that like non-monogamy could be a thing? They were very against it. Gotcha. It wasn't open and on the table for them. Okay. Interesting. So what does your non-monogamy look like right now? So we are swingers. Mm -hmm. So we play with other couples, um, go to parties, that sort of thing. We actually um, run a couple's swingers fantasy football league (laughs) (laughs) but that gets exciting (laughs) all of our friends like well you just have a chat and then whoever loses has to show boobs or you know yeah it's it's fun keeps us social through everything but um so we're swingers um we also do a lot of hot wifing Mm -hmm. and cuckolding Okay. So do you want to kind of define swingers versus polyamory? Because for me, I think of polyamory more as like relationships that you have outside your primary relationship, but swinging is a little different. Yes. Swinging is different because at least for us, it lacks that emotional piece Mm -hmm. with the other people out of your core relationship. Right. So, so it's like, more we'll so go- like sex is your hobby and you just so happen to do it with other people. Right. That yeah. can become your friends. Mm-hmm. Like we're friends with a lot of the couples that we swing with. And we're honestly friends with a lot of other swinger couples that we don't play with. Yeah. So, but there's no love connection there in the romantic sense in okay. swinging. Where I feel in poly, generally there's some sort of deeper yeah, you hear about like the polycubes and like the triads yes. and that whole thing which you do see in the swinging community as well you see like, like recurring swingers like hooking up it, yeah like there there will be some like cubes and triads that, that do form in the swinging community and they go to the parties because of the atmosphere but then they only hook up with each other gotcha so how do you keep that like does everybody have their stats on their wall? Like, how do you keep that straight? Like, do you have like wristbands that have like certain colors of like, you're like, no, but all these are great ideas. That would be great. That would be great. Um, no, but it's really about communication. Like gotcha. kind of picking up on the nuances and 
you know, everyone kind of has the responsibility and burdens the responsibility of making sure that everyone involved, including if you're playing with one person, their partner, and making sure that everything is kosher, everything's okay mm-hmm. as things move. And I have been in situations at parties where one of the guys, like if all the girls are playing and one of the guys is uncomfortable and leaves the room, that everything will stop. And it has been, okay, like your other left, you need to leave too. Yeah. That so sounds really respectful and good. We kind of, you kind of police yourself, but there are bad apples too. So Always. I mean, any situation. So you said cuckolding. You want to define that one? Okay. So cuckolding is, I guess let's start with hot white paper. It just sounds like something you're doing with your balls. (laughs) Well, I mean, you can cage them. (laughs) (laughs) I have. It's fun, (laughs) which is something I never thought I would enjoy, but it's something I've, I've come around to. Mm -hmm. You know, cuckolding, there's a lot of power play in it, at least for us. Um, so with cuckolding, there it, it's other men that I will go and have sex with. And he sometimes will be there watching. Mm-hmm. I'll let him come and watch. Other times I make him stay home and I'll tease him with, you know, pictures or videos or anything like that. And then, you know, we come home and have a session together at home. So is cuckolding any different than voyeurism or is it pretty much the same thing? No, I mean, no, no, no. I feel like voyeurism is kind of a a catch-all because voyeurism is more where you like watching other people have sex. Gotcha. So So it's an umbrella term. Yeah, because that happens in the swinging community, too, where there's a lot of times that, like, in the playrooms, there'll be couples that'll walk through and just watch kind of what's going on and get off on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so creepy. (laughs) It just reminds me of somebody, like, in the closet, like, watching and jacking it. But if you're an exhibitionist, man, it is awesome. (laughs) I totally understand. Trust me, I've been there. (laughs) But still, when somebody's just in the corner jacking off, I'm like, I mean, it, it's usually not like that explicit. Like the playrooms at the parties are very, very nice. Like they actually have like sex furniture and all that. And there's like shades and curtains and it's all dark and lit. So you don't notice what? the people in the corner. <laughs> you no, you're so busy with what you're doing. But you but... know they're there. <laughs> oh. It adds a whole other level. It's- yeah. Okay. So um, explain um, hot, what was it? Hot swapping? Hot, hot wifing. Hot wifing. Yes. Hot wifing. So hot wifing is a little more where he gets off on like showing me off and seeing people just be all over me. And like, that's kind of what grinds his gears like gets him going so where the power I would say is a little more equal or more shifted towards him Mm -hmm. and hot wifing where cuckolding is kind of the exact not exact opposite but I would say ramped up opposite where I'm holding pretty much all the power in that situation and he has none so I'm doing exactly what I want to do and it doesn't matter yeah 
Thanks. So, yeah. And I want to stress that you guys have like had the conversation of, you know, consent and had the conversation of like, this is what he actually wants. And it's just a a scene, basically. It's not. It's an extended. And that's where I would say cuckolding tends to fall more into the the power realm of the BDSM world. Because like the dom sub, like you have that power exchange and who's really in power and, and, you know, in, in the cuckolding world, you know, like you've had those conversations, you know, the power exchange and you know each other so well that I know how far to push it. And I know when it's like, no, this isn't okay. We're stopping. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and get some aftercare going with that. Um, so have you, I guess, I mean, like, this is a pretty obvious question, but like, have you seen him with another person? So what were your feelings the first time you saw with him with somebody else or saw like your first partner with somebody else? I would say it's weird at first, just because that monogamy is so ingrained, like you're ingrained to be jealous. Like you're, and it's not that you feel that way. It's because you're supposed to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not, not that you necessarily do. It's that, you know, that society feels that you should feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first it was a little like, oh, this is, this is a little uncomfortable, but then when done correctly, mm-hmm. it was a blast and I get off on seeing him enjoying himself and he gets off on seeing me enjoy myself. So everyone's having fun and there's always that connection between us. Cause you know, he can be fucking someone I can be fucking someone look across the room and like we can exchange that glance and it's like fuels it even more of yeah. like yeah exactly yes. yeah <laughs> but the other thing too is like we for us as a couple like you know we'll have a blast have fun everything but in the end of the night we're going home together like mm-hmm. we're sleeping in the same bed together we're probably having sex that same night just yeah have because we're both still so turned on yeah it's almost like a form of foreplay even though you're having sex it's a form of foreplay with your primary partner yes yeah and even in you know the hot wife and cuckolding it's still a huge driver because I'm so turned on you know putting on this show for him Mm -hmm. and then once we get home like he is like cannot keep his hands off me just want me so 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 bad that it's just amazing yeah so then let's talk about jealousy for a second because you're right I mean in our very um westernized world we're supposed to feel jealous. We're supposed to be in a relationship, be monogamous and be jealous if they're even looking at somebody else. Yeah. And it's so much a part of society. So have you ever been jealous or has that just been something that you're like, it's not, it doesn't come up for me. You know, if I have, it's kind of just been a fleeting. And usually if there's feelings of jealousy, it's like, you know, we have an, we have an open line of communication. So it's like, okay, this isn't making me comfortable. We need to talk about it. 
Yeah. And jealousy isn't something that is like, it's not, it's not a first reaction emotion. You know, there's something behind jealousy. Are you sad? Are you um, angry? Do you feel left out? There's a reason for jealousy and there's usually a fixable reason for jealousy. Yes. And a lot of times, you know, we even see it with other couples, like things will be askew and it's like, okay, what's going on at home? We're not playing with them until they get that sorted out, whatever it is. Even if it's not verbalized, if there's something wrong, you can just feel the tension. It's like, nope, done. There's something there. Yeah. Because playing when you're jealous or like have any sort of like negative emotion towards your primary partner is like a no-go. Oh, it's spiral. You just don't do it. Yes. Yeah. It's like off limits. Don't touch it. It's contagious. Yes. Yes. Completely. So have you ever caught feelings for another partner? Um, I'll say yes. Um, we've had a couple situations and usually it's been when things aren't perfect at home, Mm -hmm. honestly. And, you know, we've, both done a good job of wrangling each other in if it's like okay stop this isn't okay and then you know we sit down talk about it and are able to then okay we need to take a break we need to work on ourselves make sure everything in our house is taken care of and stable before we then return so yeah and there have been times where it's like okay well this person is now off limits like they're a no-go anymore cut off Yeah. Because you do catch those feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that could be a slippery slope if you have like that, that rule set place, you know, it's like, it's, it's a red light. It's not allowed. Yeah. So do you think, um, kink and polyamory kind of, or like kink and non-monogamy, not polyamory go hand in hand? (sighs) Kink is far as like BDSM or like what, what's your definition of kink, I guess is. So I guess just like the kink community. So that would include BDSM that would include, um, well, obviously swinging because swinging could be considered a kink or a fetish. Um, but just, I guess BDSM as a whole, do you think BDSM and non-monogamy kind of go hand in hand? it's kind of a gray area because what do you define as non-monogamy? I mean, you could define non-monogamy as flirting. Yeah. You know, you've crossed that. I mean, many people that define themselves as being very monogamous, you know, pass a flirting glance. Okay. Well, you know, if you're that and that line, then yes. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about straight up intercourse, then no, I don't think necessarily they go hand in hand. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a big spectrum and it's a big gray area. It also depends on like what you're into, you know, obviously, because like if you're into cuckolding, like you can't do that just with two people. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of hard. Yeah. But if you're into like more so like the like master slave or like the pet dynamic, then I feel like monogamy probably would be the safest route for those things. Mm-hmm. or that type of play. Right. I feel like too, generally in the kink community, everyone has different facets of themselves. Yeah. So yeah. even though one facet may not be, another facet is. Yeah. It, it, that makes sense? Hopefully. Yeah, no, it totally does. So do you have any stories of 
non-monogamy or your experiences? Uh, oh man. I mean, I have a ton. You just got <laughs> Yeah. I'll give like you a where, second. I'll give where, you a moment. <laughs> well, like where where do you where you want me to pull from? Because like I said, I've got a good 10 plus years of experiences wow. and so crazy me, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me a little bit about like these hotels that you guys rent out. Okay. So the hotel takeovers are absolutely amazing. Highly, highly recommended. If it happens. Does the front desk know what's happening? Huh? Does the front desk? Okay. Oh yeah. Because it's literally like they take over the entire hotel and all the rooms are swingers. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing because you can walk around naked. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Like you can literally be having sex in the hallway on the floor and no one's going to say anything. They're probably going to watch and cheer you on. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, they take over the hotels usually, and it depends state by state. A lot of states have on-premise clubs, which are mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, the state that I live in does not So usually it's the hotel takeovers. Um, So everyone rents their room. And usually the hotels that have big atriums and big pool areas in the center with all the rooms around Mm -hmm. looking in, generally those are the prime hotels for the takeovers. And they have a DJ. So they're playing music. There's playrooms. You're socializing. Um, Usually you can drink, obviously you bring your own yeah. there's liquor license or anything. You have your own room because, you know, it's your own space. So a lot of people, um, like we actually have like a designated party tote that has all of our party lights and our party decorations and there's themes. So you get to dress in, in theme like, depending you know, on what it is. Bag and everything like comes out. <laughs> well, like I pretty much like it literally, it's like a huge trunk tote, like we used to have bags and we got to the point that my husband was like, we just need to get a huge ass trunk. And that's yeah. what we did on wheels. So that we could pack everything in and just take it with us. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Explain what these playrooms have in them. Um, so the playrooms are usually like the conference rooms mm-hmm. of the hotel. So the rooms that everybody's getting married in and having their bar mitzvahs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Night. What yeah. <laughs> uh, are the hotels? like the hotel that they had them in when I first started going um there was a church Sunday morning that used the room the banquet room that oh we God. used for the part for the main party area so it wasn't funny. the playroom area but it was the main party area with the dance floor and everything so like we would all be like absolutely hung over just at the breakfast bar and you see all these people come in in their church attire to go for their church service like well you know just wave and be nice <laughs> oh like if you only knew yeah quite honestly <laughs> as sinners eating our waffles over here <laughs> right um so yeah those are the playrooms ever everyone has a different kind of setup on their playrooms and everything so so are there go- rules walking into the room or are there themes like what are what is it so generally for the playrooms, like the rule is 
men have to be accompanied by their other half. That's mm-hmm. a firm rule. And there's usually security. All, all the parties have security to make sure that people that aren't supposed to be at the party aren't getting in, um, making sure. Oh, because you could have like people coming in from like the street. Right. Like, oh, I need a room tonight. So like they have like a front desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So usually like you can't see anything because there's black curtains and then security is there to make sure that they don't come in and, you know, just to make sure everything's kosher because you do have people that, you know, come in with not good relationships and there have been situations where they've had to break up fights or if there's been inappropriate touching, you know, having to be like, okay, you're done. You're gone. Yeah. So it's nice having that safe safeguard that there's always someone that you can go to and obviously then they're not drinking and they're sober because they're paid security so that way you still have you know some responsible person that hasn't you know been inebriated in some way yeah so are are queer couples um welcomed there have been, yeah. Okay, because you said that like you're you have to walk your man in, but what if like you have a gay couple? So I have never seen a male male gay couple mm-hmm. at a party, but we have seen lesbian and girl girl couples at parties frequently. Yeah. Okay. So generally, the rule is because if well, there's once again people coming that shouldn't be coming. And the female half gets smashed early in the night. She's back in the room sleeping. And then he's in the playroom. There's no one to vouch of what their rules are as a couple. Mm -hmm. You know, if he's a safe person to have there. And there is that gender double standard of women could be the same way. Yeah, absolutely. But generally speaking, you see the men. So that's why there's always that rule. Yeah. So... How do you install safe sex through all this? So generally, it, it's kind of an unwritten rule. Condoms are required. That's mm-hmm. just when in doubt, condom is required. It's it's a non-negotiable thing. Um, as far as cuckolding and hot wifing, I'm we're in a couple groups, and they actually mandate testing every mm-hmm. quarter. That's so you awesome. have to you have to submit tests every quarter yeah if you don't then obviously you can't participate and if it's too long since you've even submitted you're actually removed from the group that's awesome so in the big parties excuse me and the hotel takeovers there we go I'm like is it gonna come out <laughs> that's what she said um so I mean, obviously there's more SCs that you can get just like from vaginally and, you know, through your deck. So are, do they have to submit paperwork too, or is it kind of just. No, the big hotel takeovers are at your discretion. So it's kind of play at your own risk. A lot of times you see the same people at parties. Mm, Because the other thing too, a, a lot of a lot of couples that swing actually use it as their date night mm-hmm. and they're one weekend away a month. Mm-hmm. So 
like for us, it was great because it gave us time in the car together without the kids, like of yes. just being, like us to talk. And then you're all excited going. And then you're pretty much spending the whole night together, like walking around. There, there were so many parties that we never hooked up. But by the end of the night, better believe I jumped his bones because I was so turned on by that whole atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, we would have our time going home the next day and reflecting. And then you get to ride the high the next week or two weeks. <laughs> yeah, of like imagining what happened and everything. So well, then like walk me through like what like a cockling scene would look like for you guys. So usually it starts the day before and like talking about it, like, you know, I'm going to go and do this. And usually it's while like we're having sex. Yeah. Cause like, and, obviously you have to schedule it with somebody else too. Outside right. Your home. Yeah. So it's a scheduled thing. Um, we have had people come here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've also had like gang bangs, like for his birthday this year, I had a gang bang. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> like, I know. Right. He loved it. It was amazing. Yeah, I got my husband a baseball cap, but your sounds a lot better. Yeah. I got, I, I had a gang bang for my husband You're <laughs> for his birthday. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, was it a big number at least, or was it like 35? <sighs> No, like it was, it was just like, I think he turned 37. Like it wasn't a big a one. Like it, was, <laughs> but it was a good one. He loved it. It was yeah, amazing. It wasn't even like a 40th birthday. It was just no. an average birthday. <laughs> it was an average birthday. Yeah. Like, oh, no, you, you want me to get gangbang for your birthday. So, yeah. Hey. A card with Funny. cum in it. How sweet. Exactly. A pussy with cum in it. Cause you know, yeah, I'm actually yeah, not, not, in that, not in that situation, but yeah. <laughs> other times are. So, yeah, so walk me through a cuckolding scenario or like scene. Okay. So it starts the day before, you have to schedule it. It's scheduled. Um, there's usually like flirting, you know, with the guys, like ground rules are already laid out. Like if it's a single session with a bull or if it's, you know, a group gangbang session you know the rules are already discussed kind of what's going forward if he's going to be there if he's not Mm -hmm. um usually with group he's always there Mm -hmm. for the most part and one-on-one sometimes he's there sometimes he's not just kind of depends on the situation um I do enjoy caging him Mm -hmm. so usually it'll involve like that morning him like putting his cage on after a shower because you know you gotta (laughs) you gotta be able to fit in the cage yeah (laughs) um and then I'll usually lock him and wear the key around my neck Mm -hmm. so So I'll have if I had to put this in the podcast describe what a cage is so depending on chastity belt right no well I mean it's a chastity device but it's not like a whole belt and um so it's just a nice little we have a plastic one because the metal ones are crazy, crazy expensive. Well, um, yeah, and the fear of like not being able to get out of it. Yeah. Um, so it just like fits around the shaft and then there's a back ball piece pretty much that wraps around and then there's like a pin mechanism and then you put the padlock through and close it and then there's a key. Yep. So, and you always have a spare key somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah so we keep like the spare keys in you know our bathroom in yeah. my jewelry box and then get the other key i will wear around my neck so just have to have a backup in case quite honestly yes yep. okay so um, cage him and then what happens so cage him and then like we'll go through the day like flirting and you know kind of like sexting back and forth depends too if he has to work and he's away so then it's more sexting and everything if we're home together then it's a lot of kind of like like teasing in a good way like oh I'm gonna do this tonight like just little things in passing and then like for me getting ready I'm one that I go the whole nine yards so I do my hair I do my makeup like I pick out lingerie you know, and he, he's there watching me mm-hmm. do all this. And he sees, like, you know, when I'm packing, when I'm taking, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when it's time, we'll kind of load up and go to the hotel. And usually all the guys will be there. And I'll go and change. And then if it's a gangbang situation, um, they basically all get naked and, and we fuck. And he takes... Um, videos and pictures of everything still caged so then yeah. like he has that constant reminder plus the key around my neck so like all the pictures like you have that key there as yeah. a reminder and a lot of the guys if they're good bulls know what it means mm-hmm. so, so it adds for them obviously knowing that he's in chastity fascinating so, so then, and then you go home and bang him. Yeah. So then usually I go home and like we'll come home together and I'll make him lay on the bed and I'll sit on his face and, you know, dirty talk and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, all that good stuff. He's, so you know, loves me. Find a like group of guys just ready to gangbang. Um, so Craigslist. When it was a thing. Ooh, that does not sound safe. <laughs> when it was a thing. Well. I was saying Craigslist, when it was a thing, there was actually a post for a group that I thought I was like, okay, well, I'll message and see like what. They were actually a group on FetLife too. So I could have found them yeah. FetLife way, but I found them, you know, the old school Craigslist way <laughs> when it was a thing. Um, so I've been in that group, obviously, since, you know, since Craigslist. <laughs> Since Craigslist. Since Craigslist. Because it's no longer a thing. Is Craigslist even a thing anymore? No, they shut it down. Like, literally, like, I want to say not even a month after I joined the group, they shut it down because of, like, sex trafficking and all that other stuff. What do you know? But I had some awesome hookups from Craigslist. Let's be real. (laughs) It was. Well, now you have that life. No, that life is terrible. Is it? Yeah. Oh, if you try to find a hookup on, it it doesn't work very well. There's literally no good platform to find hookups. So it's a million times more. Life, so I can stalk other people. Yeah, that's (laughs) what—that's what what people mostly do. Like, it's not, or you get messages, and it's like, okay, well, obviously you didn't read my profile, Mm -hmm. so no, like I'm not going to respond to this. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess just like your next best thing is like what Facebook groups, if you're a part of one. 
uh, no, you can't do Facebook groups because of all the, like, yeah, like your picture that, that got flagged and removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that stuff, like you can't, you can't even have groups on there anymore. You're like, this is really hurting my sex life. <laughs> yes. But like you have kick groups, but like then you have to be active in chat all the time. And it's like, dude, I have a life. I'm not going to spend <laughs> Quite like, my entire day on kick. Like mm-hmm. just talking to you guys, not happening. So, yeah. So it's it's hard. SLS is decent for swinging, but not for other things necessarily. Because like there's a weird division too between swingers and other forms of non-monogamy. Yes, there is. There's a huge like. Our swinger friends don't know about the cuckolding side of things hmm. and the hot wiping side of things because it's not like okay in in like the general swingers essay in book or whatever. Like yeah. it's not it's not acceptable and it's frowned upon for either to play alone. Hmm. Uh, so what's your favorite part about your type of non-monogamy why is it specifically for you and your partner I would say how close and open and honest it's brought us like we have to be open and honest with each other and transparent or it doesn't work Mm -hmm. um you know and both of our kinks match up so like my husband always calls me his porn star and he would much rather watch videos of me mm-hmm. <laughs> than anything else because it he loves it. Yeah. So, you know, it, that's a huge confidence booster. I mean, yeah. when, you know, when, when your partner thinks you are like the absolute best thing in the world to watch, then hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So do you have any closing remarks? <sighs> not really that comes to mind. I mean, communication, I think is the big point. Yeah. Or do you have any like do's and don'ts? um, Like I said, be honest and open. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think you're open, I want to stress, like be honest and open in that moment. You know, the second that a feeling comes up, you need to be talking about it. The second that you feel like something might be wrong, you need to say it. Well, and the other thing too is, you know, if you're in a happy relationship and you're not talking about all your kinks and what you enjoy and you're not open about that, you know, you know, cuckolding honestly wasn't something that I was really comfortable with, say, you know, I don't know, I would even say like three years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't something that I was really into. It wasn't a kink of mine, but, you know, through open communication and, you know, fulfilling like fantasies and talk when just my husband and I are having sex and, you know, him talking about it and wanting it, not pushing, but just in that situation of role-playing, mm-hmm. it came to be something that I decided to venture out and, and try. And we were open and honest with each other and, and, you know, constantly checking in on how things were going. And now it's something that we love and enjoy doing together. So, yeah, I said communication, communication, communication. And that's the other thing. Don't be afraid. 
Like, you know, yeah. it, don't be afraid to use your safe words. Don't be afraid to say what you want. Don't be afraid of like telling people your emotions. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate well, thank- it all. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Nude Attitude, a podcast focusing on radical body acceptance and anti-slut shaming from a true hoe. If you want to interact with upcoming episodes, ask questions, or request topics, please find me on Instagram at the period nude period attitude and on Twitter at underscore nude underscore attitude and on my website, thenudeattitude.com. I'm Madeline Gregg. Hope you keep coming back for more.